The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Patrick Walker, Nick Harris, and Kyle Yeomans. It's another Talking Tuesday this offseason from the star in Frisco in the SWBC studios. Welcome in, everybody, as we are back and ready to go. Time to talk some OTAs. We're also going to take some calls, 888-855-2297. We want to talk to Cowboys Nation. Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. Back here with Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, Patrick Nosey Walker. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Fresh off of two weeks vacay. Mm. I'm, I'm energized. I'm ready to roll. Haley Fresh Sutton. Face. Haley Sutton popped in. She did a great job. Always. She killed it, as she always does. You can catch her on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, and a ton of different programming on DallasCowboys.com and throughout, and she continues to kill it, as always. But I'm, I'm glad to be back with you guys. Wait, glad, glad to have you, back. Yeah, man. let's go. Let's go. You bring back some snow? I brought back a little bit of snow. Okay. Brought back some dubs for the stars over the Kraken, but I couldn't carry that into Las Vegas. That's Came back a little too soon. That's yeah, a little yeah, too that soon. One, that one didn't work out. Mm. We're still going to make you wear a stars jersey. I hope you know you're not getting out of that. You're so not. Yeah. The bit. <laughs> We're going to let it settle for like a week. Yeah, right yeah, no, no. Mm-hmm. The the other, we can put that on, too, if you want. One. But that's a separate That's, that's a separate deal. The, the yeah. green that's one. That's another day. Yeah, yeah, that's another day. We'll give you a green one. We'll the one, the one give you a nice hat. And yeah, the it'll make it work. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take my medicine. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Nice. That's right. We lost. You guys won. Then lost again. And then lost. Well, you know. It happens. It does. It now does we're happen. all on, on our recliners at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now we're all watching the finals exactly. together. Now we're all watching the finals. Uh, and guess what? We're also watching OTAs, too. Yes, we are. Closely. It's, it, now it's officially football season, right? Yeah. I mean, the Rangers are doing their thing. 100 days. Buddy. Go Rangers. Continue to kill it. But it, 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 it's football. Come on now. Like, we're getting days. into it. 100 days till football? Ooh. Yeah. Is that yeah. today? Yep. It, yep. Okay, Whoa. here we go. Here we go. Until opening on Thursday point. night. To so. your point. Whoa. Gotta shake it before you bake it. There yep. you go. That's awesome. Oh, heck yeah, it is. That gets me like butterflies. Like, it gets me ready you to go. You know what gives me butterflies? What's the that? The fact that we're about to hit June, and you know when there's June, and then there's July, and then there's training, training camp. camp. Bum, bum, yep. bum. Doom, 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 we're going to have plenty to talk about at training camp. You better believe it. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Daily. Yeah. Uh, it is a busy week at the Star. There's a lot going on. I'm suited up today because I'm helping with the High School Diversity Coaching Summit. They brought in a bunch of high school coaches. It. Really, really cool event it. that they're going on upstairs. Uh, we've got the rookie premiere later in the week. You and I will be a part of that. Uh, and then OTAs mm-hmm. going into mini camp next week. Mm-hmm. And we're really getting the first real look at this Cowboys team, and we got a chance to look at practice last week as well. But let's start with some news and notes because it is a busy week ahead. There's a lot going on. Media days this week, too. I forgot about that even. Today and tomorrow. Oh, man. And then more locker room access on Thursday, OTA Part 2. Practice. Yeah. Another so practice. Busy weekend. A busy week, I should say, going into the uh, this week for the Cowboys. So, first and foremost, news and notes. Let's talk about some uh, some injury rehabilitation. Tony Pollard and Terrence Steele, as Mike McCarthy said last week, they are both tracking well as far as no setbacks. Um, what does that mean as far as 
training camp, the start of training camp in July. Will either of them start on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list? That is to be determined. Same thing for Jordan Lewis. Uh, Jordan Lewis did not participate in OTA one last week, which was not unexpected. He is still tracking well, but they're being extra cautious with him. He's still doing his his rehab work with Britt Brown and the training staff. Uh, Terrence Steele, he was off to the side um, before departing later in OTAs last week to meet with the training staff, get his rehab in. Tony Pollard was actually taking some reps with the first team, and I can't. You talk about butterflies. Yep. Oh yes, he was moving quite well, quite well. Saw out that there. juice. Yeah, there was a whole whole box of Capri Sun. Yeah. in that leg, a lot of juice, a lot of juice. Uh, <laughs> Do we have a juice sponsor? I don't know. I just went through my roller dates. I, I didn't have one. We should now. <laughs> hey, hey, Capri Sun, call us. Um, so yeah, Tony Pollard, he's looking, he's looking uh, spry. Uh, he's not there yet air quotes on there, but he is making progress enough where he can take those reps, so that's a good thing. Michael Gallup, uh, obviously he returned from his torn ACL last year, but everybody wants to know how does he look going into this offseason. He's looking quite springy. Mm. We keep using that word springy. He has a bounce in his step. It looks like the Michael get the prime Michael Gallup, it looks like he might be back. He was uh, running routes quite well. He was elevating with ease. He was effortless. Um, so it, he got targeted a lot by Dak Prescott. So Dak is pushing him early to get him back to prime form. So all signs point to a goal for Michael Gallup. Uh, and I love what uh, Mike McCarthy said last week as far as expanding Gallup's role going into 2023. So the expectation now, and we'll keep an eye on this to see if it starts to uh, pan out that way over the course of OTA's minicamp and then ultimately training camp. But Mike McCarthy did say Gallup is going to be utilized more uh, underneath. They're going to start expanding his route tree. So not only is he going to be that goal route, out physical a guy, high point the ball, but they're looking for him to refine his routes as well. So, Did you see that same thing, Nick, out of practice? Because I know whenever I was watching, yeah, it looked like there was a little bit of burst there from Gallup, which is exciting to see because you didn't see a ton of that on film last year. Yeah, absolutely. And and we keep using the word springy because he keeps using the word springy. Ah. And it's, it's, it's very it's very fun. It, just because what he's been able to overcome over these last two seasons, there, there's a little new sense of confidence with him. And uh, with the expanded route tree that Mike McCarthy will be able to do for him, I, I think it's going to open up this offense top to bottom. I mean, you take Brandon Cooks out of the equation, I think being able to just expand Gallup's game helps, helps open up up all the other weapons as well so if you have a fully healthy Michael Gallup going into the season and being able to utilize him uh, to a way he hasn't been utilized through his first four or five seasons here then you know that's that automatically adds another layer Zay have you ever had a, a room wide receiver room or even when you were a quarterback that had an influx of a veteran wide receiver or even just more talented wide receiver and then it helps elevate the game from underneath him on the depth chart let's say Brandon Cooks he's now the divine defined wide receiver two does that elevate michael gallup as a wide receiver three have you seen an instance of that in the past yeah it has to challenge you i mean i think back to the time where i was with new england and we had myself randy moss julian edelman uh, we brought in tory holt mm. right we had david patman like we had like some veterans that were coming back uh, into the fold that had to elevate everybody else's game. You either stepped up or you stepped out one of the two type of type of situations. So uh, having that competition in the room, I obviously understanding that you're in a solid number three role um, is still going to challenge you. And the fact that you have cooks now in the fold is going to 
obviously expand his game. Um, that is Michael Gallup's game because now he has another veteran that he can learn from. Somebody who's proven. Somebody who's not trying to figure themselves out. Somebody who's not trying to get their you know get the respect in the league mm-hmm. like CD and some you know some of these other guys in the room. This is Cooks. He's been in, been around for a solid minute, right? It doesn't matter mm-hmm. who steps on the field against him. He they know that he's a weapon. So. This is somebody that he can lean on and get their expertise without having to get those physical reps. So now you add his confidence factor back into it along with his health, Huge. and now all of a sudden you have somebody that you have to be, be worried about on the field. I like the way you said step up or step out mm-hmm. because that's kind of the the theme around the wide receiver room this offseason yep. because there are a lot of mm-hmm. wide receivers. I mean, let's, let's just go down the depth chart. You know the top three, CeeDee Lamb. Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. Boom, boom, boom. Those guys are the top three guys, and it's pretty defined there. After that, it's a jumbled mess. <laughs> it is a jumbled mess. you got third-round pick Jalen Tolbert, who, of course, needs to see a step up. You've got fifth-round pick from 2021, Simi Fajoko. He needs to see a step up. Kevante Turpin signed as a free agent, made an impact on special teams, but where was his impact from a wide receiver standpoint? Mm. Not there. Then after that, you have a mixture of guys that were either practice squad guys or going to be rookies. Dennis Houston, Dontario Drummond, Jalen Brooks, uh, John Stevens Jr., who's an a, a undrafted free agent, uh, Cropper from Fresno State, yep. Jalen Marino Cropper uh, from Fresno. He was also a free agent. Antonio Callaway was signed as a free agent. You've got a number of these guys that want that last spot. They want that fourth wide receiver spot. Maybe they carry five, but let's say there's four just for for the conversational purposes. Who has a step up in that regard, Pat? Based on where they are right now oh. and a long way from training camp, <laughs> where, who do you feel like has a step up? Baby bounces. Yes. <laughs> um, that's the best way to put it. Every one of those guys has to step up. Jalen Tolbert, this is a former third-round pick. You You look at him and you say, well, you know, what are the Cowboys going to get from him in year two? Semi Fajoko, he's been in the system several years now. Yeah, He has chemistry with both the backup quarterbacks and with Dak Prescott. He absolutely took over training camp last year, suffered a little bit of an injury that kind of set him back. He spent the, re- the remainder of the uh, season trying to get back to that point. I sat there and watched OTA 1 last week, and guess who took the lead again in the wide receiver four battle? Semi Fajoko. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, no longer can Semi Fajoko be dominant in the offseason program. It's now time for him to to show he can be that guy in the regular season. But Fajoko versus Tolbert. But then you talk about Turpin. I spoke uh, specifically with Turpin, special teams uh, rules aside, because he said he's not fair catching a damn thing. <laughs> uh, it, literally, that's what he said. Oh, special great. teams. Uh, Love it, Cavante. There you go. Appreciate special you. teams rules, rule changes aside, as far as the receiver goes, as far as the receiver role goes, I asked him, did he have a conversation with the Cowboys coaching staff uh, at the end of last season about potentially getting more reps or getting some good quality reps that aren't just, you know, reverse sweeps, sweeps and jet sweeps and he said in his exit interview with Mike McCarthy that specifically was a point McCarthy asked you know when your body is rested and it feels better we're going to look to try to do that Kevante let him know I'm looking to try to do that so looks like they're in lockstep hmm. he was getting some reps on offense a good bit of reps on offense they did. some with the first team a good bit with the second team so they're trying to work him in and then you go backward from there so we just talked about Tobert I feel like it's got to happen. Semi Fajoko, it's got to happen. Uh, Kevante Turpin, we'll see how 
um, special teams goes. But if special teams, if that new rule kind of changes how he returns, he said it won't. But if he do, if it does, then he needs to add more value to his roster spot by becoming that wide receiver threat. And then you have these younger guys who are coming up who are going to try to have to win their role on a special teams capacity, knowing they probably won't have a real shot at wide receiver four. You talk about Antonio Callaway, speedy yeah. veteran, former Cleveland Brown. He was signed to the practice squad. Hadn't seen him since he was signed to the practice squad. What does his speed bring to the table this offseason and going into the season? I say all of that to say yes. The answer is yes. Each one of these guys, in their res- for their respective reasons, has to step up and make their name for themselves right now. And I, I think Turpin has the advantage just because he doesn't have the pressure that the other guys in that room have. And, and when you can go out there, hey, I got nothing to lose. I'm still going to be a Pro Bowl kick returner over here. You know, yeah. Maybe you play with a little bit more confidence. Uh, confidence in that way but is, is that the case though because D- deuce vaughn needs a spot on the roster too or at Absolutely. least he's fighting for a spot on the roster yeah and if he's going to do so wouldn't it be a return possibility there too wouldn't he have returnability and and he would probably fill the same role that Tur- turpin would I, from I really, a special team standpoint I, I, I like that point but i really think deuce vaughn is just insurance in the return game okay. at this point uh, turpin he's got his name on the wall i know he mentioned it a couple times uh, he's he's going to be that return guy uh as far as the other guys in the room though they have a lot more to prove you know they're fighting for that roster spot turpin's already got one he's he's chilling he's sitting back looking good i, I i've mentioned it a couple times too go back and look at Turpin's TCU tape because his offense game, what he was able to do there, how he was able to spread that offense out, line up out wide, come in for jet sweeps, line up in the backfield, be able to take handoffs right up the middle. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got that versatility to where he can he can add an extra layer to the offense if the Cowboys want him to do that. Is that out in the coaching staff from last year and, and not getting him involved the right way? Or is that just another element that needs to be opened up by this year's coaching staff? Because, I I mean, I wrote an article last week about the the new language, but it's not new language. It's Dak's language is what they keep talking about with Mike Mm -hmm. McCarthy, Brian Schottenheimer, and Dak Prescott. Throwing the Cavante Turpin wrench into things can open up your offense, can open up the screen game, which has been dormant. Mm -hmm. It could open up the the behind the line of scrimmage that, uh, that opens up the vertical game which has, for the most part, been dormant, at least toward the back half of last year it was very dormant. They didn't have a vertical game. Can they unlock that, though? Like that That's my thing. It goes back to what you were talking about with Simi Fajoko. Mm-hmm. You've seen it in practice, but, it, I mean, I feel like I'm Allen Iverson. We're talking, we're talking about practice. About practice. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're talking about practice here. you got to show out in pads. Simi Fajoko looks great in training camp. But then you put the pads on and things don't work out preseason even. He's got to show out in the preseason if he has any chance of going into the regular season and having an impact. Yeah, when it comes to these guys, and you guys specifically about Cavante Turpin, obviously he's locked. Turp is locked, right? Mm-hmm. He, he earned that um, respect last year. Thanks. In terms of his ability to play receiver, again, go back and watch his film. I don't think it's a matter of can he. I think it's just a matter of last year they asked him to do what he does best, and that's return the ball. They didn't ask anything more of him. And didn't want to risk it. And didn't want to risk it, right? So why ask somebody to do something outside of themselves that might distract them from the one thing that he does amazingly great? It was the kiss technique. Right? Keep, right. It, Keep simple, it simple, stupid. stupid right? So, <laughs> so that was last year. That's a whole different year now. Yeah. So now you look at it from the receiver standpoint, take the return element out of it. Uh, positions one through four are locked. They're locked, right? I mean, all four, four, the top four spots are locked when you put Turpin into the mix. Mm. Okay, so now you talk about one, maybe two. Yeah. Maybe two because it, it might, depends on how they use Turpin. Well, it depends on how they, well, it depends on the tight end position. From my oh, perspective, I see them carrying. I see them carrying four tight ends. Yeah, with this new offense that that, that that coach is bringing in. So I see them carrying four tight ends. If you got four tight ends, there's no way you're keeping six receivers. 
So now it starts becoming a numbers game, especially when you throw the quarterback element into it that we talked about last week. There's three quarterbacks on the roster. So now we start looking at, start counting all these doggone numbers, and then you got to look at defense. Well, you know they're not going to short Dan Quinn nope. on the number of guys that he wants. So it really becomes a numbers game. And this one, everybody has to start counting their reps and start counting their positions in terms of how many, what the depth chart is looking like. Turpin's a lock. So it comes down to Jalen Tolbert and Simi Fajoko. Simi Fajoko is more proven than Jalen Tolbert. Facts. What's going to happen this year in camp? Well, we're going to wait and see. Fajoko had, barring any injuries last year, he would have been the last spot right there. That's okay. Right. That's the reality. Yep. Yep. Going into it this year, who do I have more confidence in? Simi I have Fajoko. more confidence in Simi Fajoko. <laughs> wow. So that is my that's, confidence that's meter right now. That's so not unfair. That's not It's not because Tolbert hasn't done anything. That's exactly. So in terms, in terms of who a, has to prove it wrong, who, he has to prove more. Yeah. This Simi does. I agree. All Simi Fajoko has to do is provide consistency that transfers from the offseason program and training camp through the preseason and into the regular season. He has shown that he can make plays. The question is, can you do it in the regular season? Jalen Tolbert, we have seen him struggle even in practice at times. No, you're right. So it's not unfair to say you are far more confident as far as a head-to-head matchup that it's Simi Fajoko right now. Now, can Jalen Tolbert flip that script as the next couple of months roll by? Absolutely, he could. Will he? We'll see. Because, again, we talk about chemistry. Simi already has chemistry with all three quarterbacks. The one thing that I would throw a wrench into here is the fact that it is a second-round pick we're talking about here. And there's a pride factor there. Because you've seen it before. The 2019, they took Tristan Hill in the second round. Mm-hmm. They gave him a long time. They yep. gave him a lengthy amount of time Correct. to get it right and to, to figure it out. And then what did they do? They moved on, but they did it in 2022. They didn't do it in 2019 in 2020. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Tolbert might have a longer Fair, leash. For, except for this. Tolbert, I think that would apply more to Kelvin Joseph. Aha. Right? Okay. But <laughs> that's a conversation. To- that's Tolbert, Tolbert is a third round pick. Oh, so, you're right. So that, but a top 100 right, pick top is what 100. I'm thinking. So that's what yeah. I'm saying. So you're right, but also he doesn't have as much leeway as a second round pick like sure. Kelvin Joseph would have. And, and flip Joseph's those, still one year further along as well. And, and he is. And so let's, let's put a pin because we'll yeah, we got to go back to that we'll, we'll, we'll go back to that absolutely um but i love isaiah's point but i will about four wide receivers but i'll say it this way i don't see it as the top four are locked the top three are locked and four spots are locked but i don't because if you word it that okay. way then it's like turpin is guaranteed wide receiver four i don't think that he no. is. i think that it comes down to that's what isaiah was saying yeah. roster spot in yeah. terms of yeah. spots all that, allocated to, to a wide yeah. receiver, that Fair. is it. It's I not one, two, that. three, four. And then it's Simi versus Jalen, and then the rest, they're going to have to get in where they fit in on the special team, in the special team's capacity, and try to get bones to stand on the table and pound it and say, okay, I know we don't want to take anything from Dan Quinn, and I know we're going to mm-hmm. carry three quarterbacks and we're going to carry at least four tight ends, but you got to give me this one extra guy. But, bones is going to kind of be up against it, and he's already in a, a situation where he's trying to replace Luke Gifford and Noah Brown. Facts, but does he really have to bang it on the table? Or do these guys just have to come up and show up? Yes, because neither one, of, neither one of those guys that we're talking about, Simi Fajoko nor Jalen Tober, have shown up on special ages. teams. Right. No, so I don't even think that you have to bang on the table. I think you just sit up there and lay the dog on script out and say, who wants to fill this role? But you know what? That make, that puts the, the the that much more pressure on Simi and Jalen because knowing that you don't have the leg up on special teams, you have to come in and really deliver uh, from a wide receiver standpoint. And from Kevontae Turpin, and I, I know it's so easy for everyone to say Turpin versus Deuce. I get 
get it too fast, quick, small guys. That have returnability. Yeah, have returnability. The script kind of writes itself, but they do two different things if you really break down. And it's a running back versus a wide receiver, so then the conversation is how many running backs are we carrying versus how many wide receivers are we carrying. Question for you guys. Take Turpin, Tolbert, and Fajoko out of the equation. Mm -hmm. Do you have a sleeper to make the roster as a wide receiver? I I know I do. I I don't think... I have say it. I have two with your chest. <laughs> I have two. Put them in order. One is based off of what he did yep. in year one, uh-huh. and it's Dennis Houston. Yep, that was mine. <laughs> it's Dennis Houston. Uh, it, it didn't translate. We keep talking about how these guys have to make it translate over into the. I thought he looked play. really good the other uh, day. He did, and it, no pads on. It's very early, he but did. I remember but, looking. But you've, at also, like, oh, but you've also seen him Dennis with pads Houston on again. You've seen him with I know, pads he's, on. He's made plays uh, in last July and last August. Yeah. He's he was a front runner to kind of make the roster, but then things tapered off. And Why did they taper off? <sighs> Who was not throwing? I was going to say, yeah, Dak. Number four. His his his, his, his we chemistry. Talked, is we talked four. about this ad nauseum. <laughs> yeah, instant chemistry with Dak. Prescott. Absolutely, absolutely. Once Dak was not available, was, Dennis yeah. Houston, a different guy, became va- thought, he, he vaporized. But Nick, to answer your question, I think that Dallas will add a receiver by the time camp hits. Mm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised either. Just to add some, can, can, add I, get, some can I get a little ty? I have, I have, I have. <laughs> can I can I get a little ty? I would love that. Uh, yeah. You're saying ty? I'm hearing d hop. No, that ain't. They got enough money for. <laughs> this money versus that. I just money. know it's out there. Everybody's it's talking about there. it. Yeah. Ty is far it's... less expensive. Already has chemistry with Dak. Already has chemistry mm-hmm. with the locker room. I would and love that. Yeah, bring so Ty that's... back. That'd be great. Yeah, I was in on then Ty really over OBJ. I'm in with T- and I and really I love does. and I love Nook. I've always been high on Nook. DeAndre Hopkins, absolutely. But I feel like his leverage using the Cowboys is leveraging. Yeah. For those that are saying, oh well, another instance of a per- of a player using the Cowboys as leverage, and then they get released, and all the Cowboys fans. Like, oh, this just means he's going to take a he's discount. He's coming. No. He no discount. No, he's not. <laughs> what, what are your, what's your probability that Dallas brings a free agent in by the time camp hits? I would say 65%. Okay. Wow. Okay. It's pretty good. Where'd you go? Uh, I'd go higher. I'd go 75. Yeah, I'd probably yeah. say like 60, 70. I'm like, at, it, right in there. I'm at 75.3. I, I like it. I like we it. go with the specificity. <laughs> Getting close to a radio station. <laughs> so, uh, you, you asked the question. I want to turn it around and back on you before we go to break. By the way, give us a call, 888-855-2297. We're taking your calls in the second break. Uh, who is your sleeper? I, I would say Jalen Moreno Cropper. That was my second. That was my second. I what, said I had two, though. One thing second. always stands out to me about him, and I know it was in the Mountain West, which, you know, take that for what you will, but production. Yeah. 80-plus receptions in each of his last two seasons. Mm-hmm. He's got the speed. He's got the route tree. He was someone I loved during the draft process. And the fact they were able to pick him up as an undrafted free agent, I think, is just awesome. I had a fifth-round uh, grade a on him. He can I think make some he's waves. Sleeper, for sure. He can I like make some that. waves. Yeah. And, hey, we've already seen a late – Round day three pickup uh, from Fresno State make a bit of an impact on defense. I was about to say. I mean, I say. it's happened. Now, he was a draft pick. He wasn't an undrafted free agent. We're talking, of course, about Deron Bland. Still. And he was on defense. But I, I do. I like Jalen Moreno Cropper. I wasn't as impressed in, in OTA 1, but again, it's OTA 1, everybody. Yeah. We were in May. We'll be okay. Like, everybody's going to have a chance to show out at training camp. I remember last year we were talking about TJ Vasher and Dennis Houston. It felt like every day yeah. because Vasher was making the highlight reel plays and then Dennis Houston was making the, the, the regular plays and looking better and growing and getting better with Dak Prescott and the chemistry there. And real quick. Talk about Deron Bland really quickly. Um, he was taking some reps on the outside yeah. in OTA one. So Cowboys are kind of moving him around, seeing what he can do with you know Jordan Lewis's return looming. So things are going to get real fun. 
real fun. Final thing on on OTA one before we go to break. Stephon Gilmore. Oh my God. Oh yeah. That yeah. dude glides oh, to yeah. the football. He was running around. He's a natural. Running around. Yeah, Look, really anyone good. who says Gilmore is washed is crazy. It, he looks dry clean. He looks dry looks clean. pretty Just darn crisp. good early on. It's crisp. early. I keep extra saying starch. it. Starch, Chris. Extra, <laughs> extra starch. Pressed. That guy is. Got his it. press coverage is there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> bars. I see you. Very nice. All right. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we are talking to Cowboys Nation. 888-855-2297. Give us a call right now. Get on the phone line with Chris Beam. We'll talk to you next right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Hey, honey, can we talk? Of course. What's up? Well, I just thought you should know I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream. <gasps> Have you felt this way a long time? No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor. If you feel that way, I think you should try it, babe. It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too. <laughs> new Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream. The new flavor you deserve. Back to talking Cowboys. Register now for 2023 Dallas Cowboys Youth Camps presented by Invisalign. Ages 6 to 16 are invited to learn from the best this summer at AT&T Stadium or Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. Football camps are led by former NFL players and dance camps are taught by the current Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Use the code CAMPS23 to get $25 off registration. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash CAMPS. That's CAMPS23. All right, back here we're talking Cowboys. It's time now to talk to Cowboys Nation. We'll get things started. You can give us a call yourself if you're sitting at home and you're listening. Just pick up the phone. It's you know really easy. Toll-free number. You know you want to. You, you always hear that on the, on the radio. It's a toll-free number. Do it now. 888-855-2297. Call me now. Jim in Pasadena is our first caller this Tuesday. Jim, how's it going? You're on Talking Cowboys. Fine. How are you guys doing? Doing well, great. Jim. What's on your mind? Great, man. Hey, you've mentioned Stephen Gilmore, and I did some tape study, and he seems to be the, the exact same player as Diggs. Mm. Reads routes well, wants to jump them, needs pressure in front of him to force uh, a, a single break route and not give an extended route. 
but neither of them will come up and make a tackle. So how's that going to play out? How are we going to cover that up? I'll leave it to you to answer that. No, that's Thanks, a really guys. That's a great question. Thank you very much, Jim. And and he's he's correct in the fact that yes, their strength is coverage. Their strength is making a play on the football. Mm-hmm. And their strength is not coming up and making a tackle. And we saw that, I mean, we talked about it at nauseum. You talk about it at nauseum. Last year Trayvon Diggs, what was the one thing we wanted him to do? Improve his tackle. Come up and make a play. Mm-hmm. Come up and make a tackle. Specifically, be physical. Stefan Gilmore is more physical than Trayvon Diggs, just based off of the film that we've seen. But is he a completely different player? Or the, uh, he said he was the same player. I don't. I don't know if I agree. I don't think he takes as many risks as Trayvon does. Patrick, what do you say? Well, if you compare him to twenty twenty one Trayvon Diggs, then you could say, well, I don't see that he takes as many risks. But last year, Trayvon Diggs scaled back the amount of times that he chose to take that risk because he was more so understanding that the team needs him more to be that coverage guy versus simply being the ball hawk. He was still a ball hawk, and he had – you know, two or three dropped interceptions that would have had him right there with Deron Bland as far as leading the team. So his ball hawk ability, ball hawking ability is still there. Stephon Gilmore, his ball hawking ability is still there. I will say now, comparing the 2022 version of Trevon Diggs to 2023 Gilmore, not entirely different. You're not going to get the best tacklers from either one of those guys. Um, but to your point, Jim, they both thrive when they have an elite pass rush in front of them. Good news. They have an elite pass rush in front of them here in Dallas, so that's going to work in their favor. How do you mask um, some of those situations where Diggs or Gilmore may not come up and tackle how you want? Your safety unit. Your safety unit and your linebackers, that's how you mask it. Your linebackers, Damone Clark playing sideline to sideline. LVE, we'll see what DeMarvion Overshown can bring to the table. Those kind of sideline to sideline um, linebackers help protect you, be it screen screen passes from the uh, opposing offense, and you got to crash down and cover that it allows your cornerbacks to be able to play more freely as far as in coverage so that's to answer your question from my standpoint that's how you cover it athletic linebackers they have it elite pass rush to shorten and shrink those windows you have it and then you have a safety unit three-headed monster J. Ron Curse, Donovan Wilson Malik Hooker they kind of know how to play football too yeah and that leads into my answer if you have two aggressive boundary guys then you have to have nice weapons around yep. them that are balanced and and Jim we have that so you know, that's, that's that's very it was a, a good, great question Jim but I let's say at the worst case that they don't have those weapons around them is two Trayvon Diggs a bad thing no I don't think it's a terrible thing. No. No. It's not it's not ideal maybe in some instances, but looking at Stefan Gilmore's career, you know, as as his career has gone on, he's slowly started to take a little bit of aggression out every every season, which is it's a good thing and a bad thing in some ways and maybe that's a different conversation, but what he's been able to take away is those jumping those routes and, and you know letting someone take yep. take it to the crib 75 yards. And we saw it last year with Trayvon uh, against Cooper Cup when he took the uh, that uh it was like a right over the middle route and he just took it 75 yards to the crib and I was like man that was that was a uh, second mm-hmm. year Trayvon Diggs right there so I don't think we'll be seeing a lot of that next season from either of the boundary guys but it, even if I mean that's that's a lot of turnovers and Dan Quinn wants to turn the ball over yeah and uh, here's the thing and I'll, I'll pass this to Isaiah but from 2021 Trayvon Diggs the 11 interceptions yes an incredible season out there but on film what was Trayvon Diggs's better year 21 or 22 22 yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I agree. So he could still take a step up in that regard and continue to force turnovers. Yeah. But now you have the second guy to play off of, like Nick is talking about. And I think it does. It opens Trayvon Diggs up to be able to take that guy. Because 
all of a sudden, yes, the number one guy is probably still going to be covered by Trayvon Diggs, but he's not going to travel either way. So either you're one or you're two. Yep. Wide receiver is going to be covered by Clamp. either Trayvon Diggs or Stephon Gilmore. Clamp. Yeah, I mean, first of all, coverage-wise, you know, Trayvon and Stephon Gilmore, both of those guys are now patient. Gilmore's more yep. patient than Trayvon because he's seen more and he's more mm-hmm. confident in his ability to actual cover. Passer, passer rating allowed last year, Gilmore 83, just under 83, and Trayvon Diggs was just under 99. So it, it is. There's a little bit of a difference. Yeah. Gilmore has been better coverage-wise. Yeah, So, but you look at their position coach and then you look at the fact that Gilmore is bringing that wisdom. You know, Trayvon's going to continue to improve in that regard. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to the tackling aspect, you are not wrong about last year and his unwillingness Thank you. To tackle. It's not an it inability. Say it it's a, it was an unwillingness. I saw the ability yeah. so, a couple times. Absolutely. So it's not, a, it's not a matter of can he tackle or, or is he a good tackler. It's just he just didn't want to tackle. <laughs> so when you talk about that aspect of things, you – you address that by saying, we need you to make a certain effort to try to get some guys down to the ground. And at the very minimum, we need you to come up and force them into your help. So I need you as a defensive back, once you see a run threat or once you see a screen threat or whatever it may be that's underneath your coverage, okay, you make the decision to come downhill and I need you to shoot the outside hip. What does shooting the outside hip does? Well, it takes away their ability to get to the sideline. And by taking away their ability to go to the sideline, they have to then go where? Inside. inside. And when you're going inside, you're going to your Help. flowing second level, you your go. flowing defensive line, all those guys that are coming out to that coverage. So at the very least, I just need you to come down here and go doggone Roman Reigns at their outside <laughs> leg, <laughs> right, and send them back inside to your help. Even just, just throwing your body out there like that will sure up a lot of the tackling issues that we have last year. And just yeah. protect the side. Acknowledge him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get, yeah, get to the outside, put a body in the way, and force him back to your help side. That's Diggs it. has the ability. We've seen him yeah. on a couple of occasions last year. Key situations crash down on the running back and, and keep that running back from getting that key first down that the Cowboys might have lost the game if that was a conversion. So we've seen it. Does he have some Dion in his game? Yeah, he does. Dion made a lot of business decisions when it came to tackling. <laughs> yeah, he did. He ended up with an a pretty okay resume as far as NFL. Mm-hmm. So Trevon Diggs, he'll figure it out. But, again, it's just making sure that when it comes time to crash down, just do it. Just do it. Yeah, but one thing that Trayvon Diggs has that Dion didn't have is that length. And when you That's have length true. like that, yes. you have to be able to tackle. I don't yeah. care who you are. <laughs> I don't care who you are. <laughs> My favorite quote he of can. the show today is Nick said, <laughs> Jim, you? Jim, we have that. <laughs> Jim, <laughs> Jim, we've we got have. that. All right. Uh, Mike in Houston, you're on Talking Cowboys. What's going on, Mike? Yeah, hey guys. I, I I don't mean to be like you know the weak guy, but I I just want to bring up this uh, this observation. Um, seems like uh, with Zeke, uh, you know, with the Cowboys moving on from Zeke, and you know, it brings up a gap, um, you know, with um, short yardage situation and of course pass blocking. And my question is, how do you guys think that that'll, you know, will will the Cowboys go? in the training camp, trying to figure out what to do to fill that void? Or is it crazy to think that they go back to the table with Zeke? Okay. Mm. Great question, Mike. I really appreciate it. And, yes, Ezekiel Elliott is still available for those that may not be keeping up with it. He's still a free agent. Uh, Patrick, you wrote an article on DallasCowboys.com now, a really good article. I read it this morning. That uh, Thank you. Yeah, it was about McCarthy talking about the, the running back situation is not about, quote-unquote, replacing Zeke. But that's what Mike is talking about here, replacing Zeke, possibly with Zeke, but with somebody else 
where where do you go from here? So in McCarthy's right, it's not about replacing Zeke as much as it is unleashing these young guys, Tony Pollard and, and now Deuce Vaughn. And um, but then you circle back and you say, well, production still has to be replaced if at all possible, mm-hmm. particularly like he's saying in the short yardage and in the red zone. That's what they brought. Uh, Ronald Jones in for. They brought Ronald Jones in to be that short yardage back, that physical guy who can complement Tony Pollard in that capacity. Uh, now, as far as the roster numbers go, how does that work out when you talk about, uh, I'm confident Deuce Vaughn is going to make the roster uh, and then Hunter Lipke, Lipke. Uh, Lipke, he has a great shot at making the roster fullback slash running back slash slot receiver. H-back, uh, tight end. Slash wherever you want him. Yeah, slash wherever you want him. He might be a podcast host by the end of the year. Yeah, if, yeah. Knows. if not for Cordell Stewart, we'd be calling him Slash. Um, but <laughs> flashback, that showed my age there. Um, but I, I feel like, like yeah, you gotta, you have to replace the production, and I think Ronald Jones has the best shot at doing that. But that doesn't necessarily mean his spot is guaranteed because if for whatever reason the Cowboys don't like what they see over the next couple of months from Ronald Jones, I don't think you then get that from Deuce Vaughn. Then you have to turn and you look at a guy like Malik Davis and you say, you know what? You aren't necessarily built like Zeke, but you're built closer to him than Tony Pollard was or definitely than Deuce Vaughn is. So that brings back the question mark. Would they circle back to Ezekiel Elliott? Jerry Jones has been pounding the table about this. The door isn't closed until Zeke signs somewhere else. But putting myself in Ezekiel Elliott's shoes, and this is just me speaking, channeling my Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not speaking for him, but if I'm Zeke, the answer is no. Gave up my number. Yeah. The answer is no. <laughs> did, yeah. Not, not, only, not only is the number gone, and that could be easily reversed. Okay, give me my number back. But from an Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott standpoint, right and the competitor in him, he should be wanting yeah. to prove people wrong. And that's not going to happen by returning to Thanks. this team. He's going to have to go to another team, show yeah. he still has the punch, still has the juice, still has the speed. And that he can probably parlay into maybe, even if not one more big contract, at least a mid-level contract to potentially end his NFL career. If he comes back to the Cowboys, if I'm him, I feel like that's tail tucked between your legs, which is like, oh, well, I couldn't find another. And even if that's not true, it's the optics of the situation. Yeah, so Cowboys yeah. are not out on potentially bringing back Ezekiel Elliott if it comes to that. But I'm more so of the mindset of I think Ezekiel Elliott is kind of playing it out for training camp and injury is going to happen and he's going to land with a team. And there you go. He, he's now a mercenary. He's now mm-hmm. a mercenary. Yeah, if we're talking percentages, I give it like 15 to 20 percent that he would be back in a Dallas Cowboys uniform by training camp. Wow. And that's, that's just how I see it. But uh, talking about short yarded situations, I'm confident in Tony Pollard to be able to to be in those situations. He he compliments to the offense. Uh, it's similar to what Zeke brought with his physicality and aggression, just being able to plow the line. Tony Tony uh, Tony Pollard has that finesse. He can get in, he can find the hole, and he can get that yard. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fully confident in that. Pass blocking, that's the question I have. Can Ronald Jones do that? And if he does it to an elite level that's far superior to the other running backs on the roster, then then that immediately gives away what you're doing pre-snap. So, you know, I'm I'm curious to see how they they juggle the pass pass blocking situation. I think that's going to be more interesting, but I'm not worried about short You know what also helped Tony Pollard get that one or two yards? Get your left guard situation figured Ooh. out. Absolutely. Ooh, we got that for the third no, segment. I, I love a good segue. Got that segue. for the third segment. <laughs> I love a good It'll, segue. It's coming, y'all. It's coming. What do you think, Isaiah? Nah, I'm, I'm along the lines with Nick. Everybody can talk about short yardage all day long. I'm unconcerned and unbothered with short yardage. I don't know the last time I saw a running back outside of Henry just plowing, plowing over anybody that comes in their way. So short yardage comes down to the willingness from the running back position to come downhill at 100% speed and then your offensive line to be able to move some Get people off push. the ball. So that's why I was on board with getting a high 
draft pick fourth, the left guard that we'll talk about, because no matter who you face on that front line, it doesn't matter who's behind you. They're just going to come downhill full speed and they'll get yeah. that yard. I am more concerned with the pass blocking. Nobody's talking about the pass blocking void that is now in the backfield that Ezekiel Elliott has has left. That's the thing you're missing the most. That's the Z. thing. You are going to miss that. Oh, yeah. So, Cowboys Nation, if you guys need to go back and watch film, oh. go back and watch film. There is nobody on last year's roster or on this roster that I currently see that has the capabilities and understanding of the offense and the weaknesses of this offense All right, in terms of being able to pick up and protect Dak Prescott from falling on the ground. And knowing Dak's tendencies Facts. without even seeing him. You you came into the league with Dak Prescott. You were his bestie this whole time. You know his tendencies. You know if you go to block here, he'll probably be leaning this way or that way. It's just telepathy at that point. So, yeah. And I think it makes it that more imperative that Ronald Jones becomes a, a yeah. running threat and a yeah. rushing threat. And he's still young. He's 25. Like he's got With a two big, rings. <laughs> that must be nice. <laughs> he's got a big career in front of him. Three so, I, I mean, three? I, if can he can three? show some sort of rushing ability, be I think nice. that yeah. that immediately takes away the problem you have. That, you guys just gave me a, a homework assignment this week, and I'm, I'm going to push it back to you guys. But Ronald Jones' pass pro- blocking film. I haven't watched it yet. I just watched him as a runner. It's not bad. I'm going to go back and watch him as a Zeke. pass blocker. I don't think anybody could be. Exactly. He might be one of the top, if not the top, pass blocking running back. You'll get in. Maurice Jones-Drew out of retirement. Yeah, <laughs> out of retirement. you got to pull him off the, the studio set. Exactly. All right. Bob in Nashville, you are on Talking Cowboys. Welcome back to the show. How's it going? Good, fellas. How are you? We are great. What's great. on your mind? Hey, long time no talk. Um, I know. Mentioned to Isaiah mentioned that you know uh, he thinks Dallas is going to keep four tight ends. Um, I understand the rationale, but I'd rather keep three because I think if you keep that fullback, he can kind of do some of the similar stuff that maybe the fourth tight end would do. But I really want to see Turpin um, on offense. I really think he can add that that um, spark that explosiveness that we're, we were lacking, especially running a lot of crossing routes. Um, I just think he provides that element that none of the other two receivers, Tolbert and Bahoko does. So if you ask for my um, advice, which I'm sure they wouldn't, um, <laughs> I'd say three tight ends, and I think we need to get Turpin more involved. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Hey, Thanks, I- guys. I would listen to your advice. (laughs) (laughs) That that great question, by the way, Bob, and and great advice. But you look at now the the battle shifts from Sean McEwen versus Hunter Lipke. Mm -hmm. All right, I mean that's kind of your fourth battle right there. He's absolutely correct. That's what it's going to come down to. It's really going the determining factor for whether or not this offense keeps four offensive tight ends is going to be whether Hunter Lipke can figure it out and can actually have an impact. And then you have to go to the conversation. How many times are we going to line up in an I or a weak or strong set? What percentage of our offense mm-hmm. is going to be based upon that? You're going to use two tight ends quite, quite Oh, quite you're going to use two tight, two tight ends a lot. So Three you might want a lot too. four yeah. of those guys That's to rotate what through. I'm saying. That's what so I'm yeah. saying if you're not lining up 30% of the time in an eye, a strong or a weak set with a two-back set, then what's the point of carrying a fullback unless this dude is an absolute madman on special teams as well? So it is going to come down to how effective Lipke is and then if how what percentage of your offense is going to be dictated on two-back sets. Yeah. There's an argument to be made either way, uh, and I love the argument Bob made, and I, I, it just makes sense. But it also makes sense to carry four for the reasons that we just talked about, the reasons Isaiah just laid out, not to mention 
the injury front. Injuries happen, and you hope none of these guys, Schoonmaker, Ferguson, Hendershot, miss a single game this season. But 17 games plus the playoffs, what are the odds that will happen? The odds are somebody's going to miss a game or two. With this schedule. Yeah, with yeah. this schedule, no less. <laughs> no less. Um, so you want Seth McEwen and there because then you also, uh, the Cowboys likely hope they can keep a guy like Seth Green on the practice squad because then that's your plus one, so you're four plus one. I think that's the better way to go about it. But, again, Bob makes a great point. It's just a matter of, at the end of the day, when uh, Schottenheimer is sitting there with uh, Mike McCarthy and the rest of the offensive staff, and they say, hey, are we? how, how often are we going to put uh, Hunter on the field? Not just as a flex guy, because you can move him out the slot every once in a while to kind of throw teams off base. But as far as strictly lining him up and saying, we want you to be the fullback in this particular play, how many of those plays are in the playbook? If it's minimal, you got to go with the four. If, if he's a if he's a madman on special teams, great percentage that he's on his roster. Sign him oh, up for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because we just talked about it. Yeah, great, Bones great kind of up against it numbers wise and as far as yeah. talent wise, trying to figure out who's going to step up for Gifford and uh, Brown. But he's yeah. not he's not wrong in his thinking right now. Yeah, no, he's, it's a great idea. And yeah. again, argument can be made in in both capacities. Yeah, he wants to see Turpin on offense too. I think we all do. I think we all yeah. want to see that impact start to to blossom I think the, a little bit. The more. only difference is because and we talked about this. Uh, we talked about Simi versus Jalen, but he mentioned Simi versus Turpin. So let's quickly have that conversation. You you lose and gain something with either Turpin is faster, but Simi's not slow. Simi is bigger and more physical, and Tur- but Turpin's not lacking any toughness. No. So you have to kind of determine. You got to pick your spots with either one of those. And I think that it would be more uh, practical to keep a big body, speedy guy like Simi over a guy like Turpin if. You're talking about that debate. If yeah. that's the debate, I'm going semi over wow. Turpin. Does that mean I don't want to see Turpin make uh, get plays? No. I'm on record. I want to see him make plays, utilize him, utilize him, utilize him as a wide receiver. That said, as far as Bob's argument is concerned, Turpin versus Simi, uh, you're, you're going to get more production out of Simi than you would out of Turpin. Turpin uh, has that proven confidence. And I just, I when it comes to a, a position battle, I'm always looking at the production and the confidence, and that's... Uh, that's what I'm looking at for Turpin. Got it. Yeah, I I think that's something that everybody is, is looking for and, and trying to trying to see out of Turpin heading into this uh, this 2023 season. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, the offensive line rotation was what <laughs> on the first day of off uh, of of OTAs. Wild. The offensive line was what. We'll talk about that in a moment. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Hey, honey, can we talk? Of course. What's up? Well, I just thought you should know. I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream. 
<gasps> Have you felt this way a long time? No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper, swirled with layers of flavor. If you feel that way, I think you should try it, babe. It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too. <laughs> new Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream, the new flavor you deserve. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys. Welcome the summer with an all-time fan favorite collection. The new era training camp hats, hats have just arrived. Mm. They're in stores mm. and they are online. Visit your nearest pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com. A fanatics experience to grab yours. Training cap hats from new era they always do really good job with their with their hats i like it all right we've got a special guest who just popped in here the man the man the myth the legend Mm. mr nate newton nate uh you just all i feel like you just hear offensive line and ability finds his way in here and he just appears peter tingle boom because we we don't text (laughs) you i mean we talk to you all the time but like we don't text you and say hey (laughs) we're talking offensive line we need your insight but we just we just mentioned it, and Nick wrote an article online about the offensive line rotation. But what did you see in the first uh, first OTA? You got not, the, you got a chance to watch a little bit of it. Not much. Uh, what I was more interested in is in the new coaches and their techniques and what they're doing. Uh, it's one guy I got to learn his name. He's the left. He, he was starting left guard during the first OTAs. It's Farniak. Farniak. I got to learn his name and. Uh, and I'm hoping that he uh, he fills in. Mm-hmm. I hope that he is the guy. Uh, I don't want to play musical chairs mm. with the offensive line. We got Steele at right tackle when he gets healthy. We got Martin at right guard, all everything. We got uh, Biotish at the center. And I'm hoping that this new kid takes that place. And then we'll have at our left tackle, we'll have Tyler Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other guy will be our rotation guy. Okay. The great all-pro. Tyron. Tyron. Mm-hmm. And that is how we have to look at that. Uh, because eventually it's going to get to that. Because mm-hmm. when Tyron have that little two or three game absence, that is our guy. So that's how I'm going to look at this starting five. Now, I know Tyron is, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be the left tackle. But, and. Uh, you just omitting Tyler? No, no, no. He said oh, he's right on the right tackle. side. He's right tackle. Okay, just no, making no. sure. Okay, no, no. Tyler, if it, if everything goes right, Tyron would be the left tackle. Tyler would be the left guard, mm. and th- that's how I would do it. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way I'm going to look at it because that's the only way. If you want your best five, that would be your best five when everything is healthy. It's true. That, yeah. That's yeah. Best now, your second five is the new kid. Awesome, Farniak. Yes, oh, and that's no. that's your second five. I've been around, bro. Now well, he's he's semi new. Yeah, it, what I mean is new kid up front. I'm, I'm talking about starter <laughs> seven, eight games in. You know, will he be that guy? I think he will be that guy if given the chance to play hmm. and to develop. Now I don't know about Ball or the the, the, the guy they had last year with the hurt shoulder, Walaska. Well, well, I don't know about all of them. But what you have to do 
with them putting in the new language with this offense with Mike McCarthy is you can't have a lot of uh, new guys up front. You got to get five or six guys, maybe seven guys to work together in unison because you got to understand every time I say this word, whatever this word may be, and I got a new left tackle, and he don't understand right. what me and you just worked over the whole summer. Right. So when, when, when you had this mistake, Dak pays for it. Remember with a bad thumb, he got the first game he just got continuously hit, hit. That's become because of the lack of working together. Because when you have a lot of leakage the way they did that, now we lose that. Nick, give it, give the you know? people a little bit of insight from obviously you being an amazing, amazing offensive lineman. And the, for the probably Cowboys. one of the best, but go ahead. On. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. They need to put some, they, no, they need, they need to put some respect on it. <laughs> no Nate, let, it. People, let people know how difficult it is when you're used to playing next to somebody, how much nonverbal communication takes place, how much verbal communication, how much is a tap on the shoulder, a tap on the hip, how much does all that stuff play a part? And then you obviously you swap somebody else out and then somebody else is in that role. How much of an effect does it have on your communication with the individual? And I'm going to say it again. It's, it's your quarterback. He's going to pay for it out of all the positions. When you have lack of communication, like you say that when – when, You'll see Dak walk up to the line, and I'll use the quarterback because it's simple for Dak will walk up to the line, and he'll do something like this. Now, we we around here saying, what in the world? Or uh, he'll do something like this. What? In the, but them receivers know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Them tight ends know. The slot backs know. Mm -hmm. That nonverbal. Yes. Yes, so he'll come up and say, big head twins, big head twins. <laughs> <laughs> That means two quick slants because they can't get down the field. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, what, but what's happening at the offensive line? Right, let's let's, some, let's oh, give everybody wow. a little bit of insight. What's some of the himself. cues that you, that you guys are giving to each other, right, in terms well, of communication? If I walk up to the line and they say it's an over, that means the center cover and, and we the strong side. Mm -hmm. We walk up and the tight end is on my left side, and they say over. The center cover, I'm covered in the tackle cover. Mm -hmm. Mm. So if I walk up and we and we run in a, a zone play to that side, I'm gonna say trio. Well, that trio belongs to who? That belongs to my back, my, my center, mm -hmm. me, and my tackle. We going, we rolling, and and it's and that's how we rolling. If I walk up and say and they give us an even look, and I say trio, and we rolling the same play, that means the backside guard, the backside tackle, mm -hmm. and me is rolling. And that, and that dance, next, yeah. that man that's next to you, yeah. that dance has to be on point. Yes. It's got to be It precise. has nothing to do with the tackle now. Yeah. Just depending on what the look is, that word trio can mean multiple things. And then when they want to stay figured out, dummy, dummy, we come to the line. It's a pass play. We lean a little forward. Trio, trio. They hunker down. We sitting back past. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. You Nate, see what I'm saying? We, we love you. We, we, you're on the podcast next, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, we ain't as big as y'all, uh, <laughs> smart as y'all, but. I also know. won't argue. <laughs> you know. I also won't argue with you. Big-headed twins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, oh, man. I know oh, we, got, I know we got to get out of here, bro. Yeah, Speaking we do. of the O-line, Rich, Richards, okay, and Udoga. What are you guys' – do we have well, any insight so, on? Yeah, let's 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 get Nate out of here first because okay. he's got to get ready for no, his no, I'm podcast. Just gonna listen to oh, you're oh, just going to hang out. Okay, hang that's out fine. Listen, yeah. But yeah, Awesome Richards and Chuma Adoka, and then uh, here's the, the the five that you saw with the starters. It was Tyler Smith at left tackle. It was Matt Farniak at left guard, Tyler Biotish at center, Josh Ball at right guard, and then Tyron Smith at right tackle. That was the offensive put, put him, put the OTAs. On, put them back on. Put it back on. I mean, put back on there. Hey. Listen about it. It's OTAs. OTAs. It's OTAs. And, and you don't have Terrence Steele either. Right. And There's Zach no Martin Terrence Steele well. and no Zach Martin okay. available in practice. So. Ball bumped down the guard. 
Ball was in. Uh, he was yeah. taking guard yeah. snaps. Yes. So that was the rotation. We saw a little bit of Awesome Richards. That was about it. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Awesome Richards. Okay. And and honestly, you you talked about the guard position, and you put a, an article online about the, the left guard candidates with Chuma Adoga, uh, Matt Farniak, and Josh Ball. I want you to answer that question first because. I mean, you wrote the article, but what do you think yeah. about the way that it's shaking out? I, I like where Matt Farniak is, and I, I'm glad that's that's kind of the consensus here, I think, whenever it comes to rotating in. And you mentioned something, Nate. The last seven seasons, Tyron Smith has missed games, at least three games the last seven seasons. And there hasn't been a really clear plan to replace him. I think last year they got really lucky because Tyler Smith was really good at his job. Going Mm. into this year, if they can have a plan to replace him at age 33, he's only getting older. If he goes down, I don't want to say when, if he goes down, Mm. then there has to be a reliable plan. I think Matt Farniak can be that reliable plan. I think Matt Farniak is the better offensive lineman in that group that is in the mix for that uh, for that role. I think Chuma Yudoga is the better guard, though. So I'm curious to see how they go go about doing that. Well, and I'm on record as constantly saying over these past few weeks, keep an eye on Matt Farniak. I understand that he has experience as a center, but I'm looking for the Cowboys to get him reps at left guard so that they can uh, pit him against Chuma Yudoga, so they can pit him against the fifth round pick, Awesome Richards. But the lead goes to Farniak. So Farniak can remain healthy. That's kind of been his problem is that the injuries have slowed his development. If he can become healthy, then yes. Yes, he can be uh, or at least challenge for the left guard position. Yeah. And But for me, though, it goes back to, to best five, which I have the same uh, best front five as, as Nate does. It's Tyron, Tyler, Biadish, Zach, Terrence. So for me, that means you're fighting for LG2, which is still you still need that because somebody's going to go down with injury, likely 7-7. You don't want to see it happen. But his past few seasons have shown it's, it's probably going to happen. So then when that happens, Tyler goes out and then you put Farniak in at left guard and you try to keep everything right of left guard exactly how it needs to be. That's the that's the risk you take with playing best five with that rotation because I agree that is your best five but the risk that you take is that then it opens the door that's true. for a revolving door. There, there's an argument that because could be it, made to say you know put, it'll be easier put 77 to, as your swing but yes. then that immediately means that a Farniak or whomever moves to LG they have to from minute one they be have to guy. be ready to yep. be that guy and I, we'll see how these next two or three months play out but as we have this conversation i don't know that any of those three are ready to be that guy right now yes they are yeah you don't draft players and sit them on the bench for five years unless they quarterbacks <laughs> and then say hey man are you ready no you're not gonna be ready the only Steady. way you can get ready in today's ready? nfl yeah. is to play yeah. the, today's nfl does not allow you unless you are a quarterback to say hey man we're going to take it easy on you. Yeah. Now it's five years done passed. You ready? Ain't took a snap. You got to play these guys. It's called development. Yeah. Training camp has to mean something. If you don't have a seven a more year thing on, 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 on your back, training camp has to be the way you make this right. team. Oh, no. no, but we're not. I'm not saying take it easy because they're going to play these guys. They're going to get right. these reps. Right. Push them. They're going to push these guys. But going back to what I said about Farniak and the injury history having slowed his development, when I say I don't know if these guys are the guy right now, uh-huh, uh-huh. Farniak has to show me he can take these reps, first team and second team, right, right. and make it out of training camp and preseason with no injury. Then we can have this conversation at the beginning of September, and I can say, okay, he's now made it physically. So nice. It's four guys. Fajoko, is that it? Sesemi Fajoko? Yeah, Simi. Uh, uh, Tolbert. Now we can add this. We got like 20 guys hey, we got to translate. You gotta, you it's gotta, true. 
Come on, man. These, these guys true. know they got to make it happen. They got to make it happen. Right. We, we the, the opportunity is there. Gotta go. Go. We've got to go. go. We've got to make it happen go by talk. getting out of here. Let's talk, <laughs> man. I think we're going to carry this out in the hallway. Honestly, yeah. we got to we got to make something happen. It's nice at the round table, baby. It is. It's fun. All right. You're always welcome, Nate. we got like 20 guys. we got to get ready. Nate Newton, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, Patrick Nosey Walker. I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you next week, next Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central Time with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?